Hey everybody, this interview with Matt Dunford is from all the way back in April, April 8th as a matter of fact, and uh, I didn't really mean to hang on to it this long, it's just life got in the way, but what I think is really interesting about it and why maybe now is a good time to release it is uh, that we're coming up onto what would have kind of been con season. Uh, I know San Diego Comic Con and everything, and, and they're still doing Comic Con at home, which we're really happy about, but um, quarantine and so many life events uh, that have been happening in our world have really changed the way that uh, we interact with each other and the way that we get to meet up and talk to one another. And uh, I, I think that this is really at the very beginning of it. We had just finished doing Comic Fest, uh, and this was really us just getting used to the upheaval that <laughs> had just started in our lives. Um, and this series was something that I really wanted to try and do as a regular thing for the Umind, uh, where we did the Umind tea parties, just sort of an informal interview with tea and fancy hats where we just got together and sort of socialized like people would have done back in the day. Um, and I'd really like to open it up to anybody out there who just wants to chit chat with me and uh, Old Scratch when he's available. That, uh, yeah, is sometimes these are some of the most productive interviews where you just sit down and uh, just let your thoughts fly. So anyway, uh, please enjoy this interview with Matt Dunford. The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now. But it looks like you just wandered straight into You Mind Country. That's You Mind, short for Unaffiliated Mind Games. And you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media, one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A, this is Universe B calling, and we're going to tear you a new one. You mind? Thank you for joining us. Okay, everybody, so we are here for our uh, second You Mind Tea Party with Matt Dunford. Wow. Yeah, and I'm back again uh, in quarantine. Yeah, so I've just uh, been a homebody, and it's like, you know, the sun has finally come out today where oh, you wow. get at least too much glare coming out of things. But I'm uh, back, and I'm alive, and I've got this new hobo beard, so it's a little bit like an old scratch, but, yeah. you know, a thing. Yes, yes. He, he also has a hobo beard, uh, proudly sporting it. Well, if I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, if you're not going anywhere, you may as well. So. It's... Yeah, so that's why I've got the uh, disheveled life about me. But you know, I do try to bathe every now and then. Yes, yes, that's good. It's it's. You got to remind yourself to do that sometimes. <laughs> I I get into. Well, it's okay. I ne I never leave the house without showering. But yeah. these days I never leave the house. So. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I I hear you. So uh, I'll get that way. Like normally I'm not that way, but if I'm like working on a big painting or something like that, I'll get that way where I'm like, oh, I probably should bathe. It's been two or three days. So, yeah, but which is probably not great. Um, yeah, but it's been, you know, some interesting uh, couple of weeks now. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, you know, everything that I've been doing is just like, you know, finally cleaning up the house and organizing my books. And it's been pretty cool just to get everything back in order again. Because yes. I realized that I have so much stuff and I live like a hoarder. So going from <laughs> hoarder to order is yeah weird, but I'm, you know, it's what I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we haven't been very good at organizing around here, uh, unfortunately, because I, I do sculpting, I do painting, I do digital art. So there's always like something going on. And yeah, eventually looking to have a separate room where art happens so that it doesn't like overflow everywhere else so yeah tr yeah truly like i yeah last night was the first time in years mm -hmm. where i realized after cleaning and cleaning and cleaning i have no i no longer have any books laying around the house oh wow 
Nice. That's that's kind of insane. I because I, I am just like the book hoarder, and now yeah. I got this bookshelf all done up with my toys and whatnot, and I so I just got everything nice. organized, and so it's looking lovely. And I got another bookshelf over there, and I cleaned it up so much I actually have extra space now. And wow. then you know I pushed another bookshelf into the corner over there and got it all organized, and so yes, it, it's actually pleasing to look at. Now wow. if only. You know, and now I actually have the time to sit and read, but my mind goes a bazillion places at once, so it's hard for me to just sit and read. And mm-hmm. yeah, but at least it's organized for the occasion. Yes, and it looks like you have all of your shades set up beautifully. Wow. Yep. I got all my my uh, sunglasses organized on uh, shelves up there now too. So you know, for the every now and then when I choose to go outside when it's a nice bright sunny day, mm-hmm. but I don't have that choice for the moment. Yeah, that's that's kind of upsetting. As the um, non-essential person. Oh, yes. Now, he, you're working from home because mm-hmm. there's a lot of idle hands that need to be, you know, made into devil's playthings. So yes. he's basically doing that uh, digitally right now. Mm-hmm. And you're you're not you're not taking well to it. So for me, this is my life. I I work at night I never see people in fact when I see people it's kind of jarring for me it's a terrifying experience but like I know that you are not fond I'm gonna of get out and beat people and you, you like going tempt out people kind of person hands on in person yeah. yes so yeah but it's good so yeah so it is nice to you know, it's, it's, it's an adjustment to finally become a homebody because, you know, the old saying that if you're doing a geeky event and if Matt Dunford isn't there, then it's not worth going to. But now there's no events to go to and no right. place for me to be because everyone is just so used to me showing up everywhere. And now it's like, I can't or I'll give you cooties. Yeah. You were going to get my cooties anyway. So, I mean. Mm. Are you naturally like just the kind of person who, who always wants to go to events or do you kind of have to bring this I, <laughs> I wasn't initially, but then I kind of became it because I realized that if like if there's something going on, I'll miss out on it. I'll miss mm-hmm. that story to tell. I'll miss that experience. I'll miss those people to see. And so, you know, I, I became a kind of an intro. You know, I was an introverted person, you know, who just wanted to stay in this room uh, at first up until my early 20s. And then I realized, well, no, I got to get out there. I got to see these things. I got to meet these people because I'm missing the experience. And then that's when you started seeing me at everything in every single place in the universe. But then, like, that all went away. And now I'm back at home. And so, you know, I realized I was going crazy. And so I got on my computer last night. I'm like, well, I haven't done in a while. I haven't really played video games. Working in video games, you never want to play them. So, I decided at like midnight, I'm going to download an old favorite. I'm going to download my favorite star, my favorite military strategy game, Star Wars Rebellion. And then I kind of played that till four in the morning. And then I was like, woke up and I was like playing it. And then it's like playing and playing and playing. And I, I was like so hooked until like the Skype call went off. Oh, it's five o'clock already. It's like, geez, yeah. this is my day. It's like, now I know how those Animal Crossing people feel. Mm, yeah. No. I, I haven't played Animal Crossing, but uh, I, I, I hear it's good. So, it's... Yeah, pretty much it's just like, wow, I'm living a life and organizing my home and all this <laughs> the stuff that you could be doing in real life, but, you know, mm, yeah. in virtual form with annoying animal neighbors. Ah, well, that's, that sounds fun. I mean, if, if people are entertaining themselves, I guess that's good. Uh, oh. oh, hi, that's us. Okay, so... <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally pushed the share screen button, so it's like. Mm. So I can't, I can't help but notice you don't have a fancy hat today. Is this an act of rebellion? Uh, hold on, let me go grab one. I totally okay. forgot to wear a hat. <laughs> so. I've got my Dr. Facilier hat here, which oh. is kind of too big for my head because like it keeps falling down, but it's right. fancy. Well, if you're, if you're, that there, hat, you did, I wear this on Okay. There we go. Very nice. Very nice. The Amish look. Yes. Or elbow hat or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Well, the I typically is... don't wear hats because I have really good hair and I have big ears. Mm. So. Now, if the hat don't... makes you uncomfortable, I don't want to force you. No, it's okay. Keeps the sun out of my eyes. Ah, okay. That's. that's and it good. actually compliments me well with this hobo beard. It makes me look a little more rugged, like a yeah. Western villain. It does. It does. It makes you. Yeah, I like it. 
Very nice. So I'm, I'm noticing all these books here. Is there any series that you're particularly excited about right now? Um, what am I really liking these days? Uh, my favorite comic on the stands that uh, you can pick up is Olympia mm -hmm. by Image Comics. Um, it's basically the story of this little 12-year-old boy living in Olympia, Washington, who reads uh, about godlike superheroes uh, that take, have battles on Mount Olympus. And one day he hears something in the woods, some kind of big crashing, and it's the hero of the story there, and he's been in a battle and he's been sent to the real world and the kid's like oh you've been injured we need to heal you here this is that medicine that my mom likes it should help you it's like what do you call this young man i feel reinvigorated vicodin Ugh, i think i should have another half a bottle more and <laughs> it's just and then he says but how can you exist in the real world and he goes on the quest this kid goes on a quest to meet the cartoonist of the comic who is having some problems in life because that comic, uh, of course, has seen better days. It's not selling well. And people are telling him to get a real job and get out of doing comics. And so the guy is you know, kind of like the suicidal alcoholic till the knock on the door. And there's the kid that shows up with his creation and like all ridiculousness breaks loose. It's very much like an it, it feels like the Goonies. It's really, really good, and I, 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 I dig it. It's very entertaining. It's very fun, and I can't recommend Olympia enough. Ah, oh, very cool, very cool. So yeah. I guess the one that I'm reading right now, well, rereading, uh, is Beauty. Have you read that? I have not read Beauty yet. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it was relevant to what's going on currently. It's uh. Yeah, it's, it's about an illness that basically encourages you to spread it to others by making you extremely attractive. So it uh, allows you to, yes, which Matt is clearly infected with. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. And they, it's like, maybe I should have washed my hands. <laughs> or kept my hands off my face. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep the hands away from the face. Yes, but I how can know. you when you're so silky soft? Yeah, because I kind of just shaved the non-scuzzy areas. Well, the thing is, I shaved the scuzzy areas where it doesn't really grow in so ah. thick, and so the whole thing is like, it's just like too patchy up here, so, you know, cleaning it up, but, you know, it's still silky smooth when I do, and, I mean, my facial hair is good, except for this one area right here where it's patchy. Mm -hmm. I still need to wait to get long enough so I can, like, do the the beard comb over right. and not look so scuzzy, but, of course, and, of course, I still, still shave the neck because nobody likes a neck beard. No, no. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Amish are pretty big into it, so. Yes, yes, it is a fine pool, English, but it's no, uh, just no hat. That's true, that's true. So, very cool. So, uh, I've noticed you made a couple posts about a, a series that uh, has been getting a lot of buzz that uh, I am interested in, and I was telling you a little bit about mm -hmm. it. Uh, the New Warriors. Ah, yes, yes the New Warriors from Marvel. Um, yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, <laughs> Is this a joke? No. I thought that too. Sure? Thought and it's like, and it's like, it's like, snowflake, safe space, be negative, trailblazer, and screen time. Yeah. And screen time gets his powers from his grandfather's experimental internet gas. Yes. And <laughs> and it's like really snowflake, safe space. I haven't. I don't think I've heard those words since Trump won the election in 2016. It's like yeah. you're. It's. It's pretty far-reaching, and I'm all for diversity in comics, but this feels too much like shoehorning, oh, yeah. and it's just like, just, you know, beating us into the into the ground with it, and like, screen time, it's, <laughs> I, I just look at it, and it's just like, it just looks too lame to be true yeah. but at the same time you know i'm going to be the first one lining up to buy it mm -hmm. just because it is that ridiculous and you know it's you know marvel it's like you know the whole thing it was touted to me in like you know some kind of clickbait article where they said okay marvel introduces their first non-binary character cool mm -hmm. safe space really <laughs> really safe space and like, yeah and the fact of like it's just 
I mean, I grew up as a very big New Warriors fan in the early 1990s. They were always there with Namorita and Night Thrasher and Speedball. They yeah. were cool. They were like Marvel's take on the on the New Teen Titans. But this is like it's like it's it's. I don't think forced diversity is actually diversity, but it's just yeah. ridiculous enough to where it's like I, I go for weird stuff, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is. Even if people are trash talking it, it's still it's still a marketing tactic. People are talking about it, yeah. and they could be not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. It's like I'm all out there for some experimental internet gas. How the internet <laughs> creates gas? It's like I don't know. Wi-Fi is more, you know, you know, radio signal, but that's yeah. not how it works. And so, but, you know, the new warriors are there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like an exciting piece. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking was it was going for that marketing style where it's just, like, forcing people to talk about it because it's a, a bit on the uh, cute side. It just feels lazy to me, I guess. It feels, but uh, I, I don't, I have a feeling that's not what it is. So Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're going for a character with diversity, it's like you, you still want character. Is this person... Yeah black and a jerk is this person gay and funny it's like you know you have to have like some qualities and you know build these characters from the ground up to have them have personality and traits that make them unique not just be defined by their you know diversity define them by who they are yeah yeah and and, you know we've had a lot of you know great diverse characters in the marvel universe pop up over the past decade kamala khan miles morales like it's like you do see you know, it's it's cool to see this representation there, but nobody wants to see their 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 criteria, their personality, their experience shoehorned. Yeah. They were treated respectfully. It's just a little bit single note. It's like, yeah, yeah well, okay, that's good. They're uh, a Latin X character, and but yeah, that that I have to say, a Trailblazer in that is my favorite. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's different scenes where it's like, wait, is Trailblazer white in the scene or is Trailblazer brown skinned in this mm-hmm. one? And so it's hard to like say it's like, but it's like, OK, I'm Trailblazer. I'm a plus size door the Explorer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I, I did notice that with the skin tone. And at first I thought that they were actually going to address uh, like h- how there is in certain communities, like if you're a, a white passing Latina. Or something like that. You get treated differently by people than you are if you're more indigenous looking or that kind of thing. Um, and and how that is kind of a big thing where there's prejudice still. But I don't think that's where they're going with it. But maybe they'll surprise me. I don't know. I mean, it's a five issue limited series, and yeah. you know, I look forward to like checking it out. Just like even if it's like you know the oddball comic factor, mm-hmm. just to like it's something that goes down in history. It's like new the new new warriors which yeah. became the most hate thing on the internet for an entire day. Yeah. And like united everyone away from coronavirus and all that crazy cootiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you see, that's, I guess that's the kind of stuff that I collect is like, uh, it's mostly with movies really is, uh, any movie that somebody says like, Oh God, this is just outrageous. This is horrible. I'm like, yeah, I gotta see it. And I've got to own it. Like, uh, I think Caligula is in my collection because of that. Um, uh, Irreversible, which is uh, a French film by Gaspar Noe. Uh, have you ever seen that one? It basically just I have not, <laughs> and I've you know only heard about Caligula in passing. Yeah, it's uh, I, it is a a porn with very beautiful lavish sets, and yeah, uh, yeah. and that's really <laughs> the extent of what it is. Uh, but Helen Mirren's in it, and Malcolm McDowell, so they got some big names, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've heard of the uh, I've heard of the uh, the casting that's uh, that's you know out and about and for it, but but yeah, you know, I might give Caligula a watch one of these days. Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a slog. I have to say, it's a slog to get through. Um, it is. Uh, I mean, unless like you're actually watching it for the purposes of like titillation, but it's it's so. I don't know. It <laughs> it misses the mark as a porn, and it misses the mark as a historical drama. So, but, yeah, it's like yeah. 
and it's it's amazing how many uh, how many adult films actually do hit the mark for historical dramas. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. weird how things have come of age. Yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, that was a wrong play on words. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, it's uh, so you know I probably will snatch up New Warriors just like I snatch up any movie that I just hear terrible things about. Uh, if if it's terrible, I have to experience it for myself. If someone says this case. Cat butts, yeah. Um, yep. Yes. <laughs> he, he's I've heard talking, about I've heard about the infamous cut. Yes, he's he's talking about that. Um, I I'm a big fan of musical theater, so I want to see cats, but I didn't want to see it in the theater because I figured people were going to be rowdy and like. You, you know, mean what? What people would be there? Yeah, because I mean, yeah. the only kind of people that would be there for it were were people under the influence of something, yes. or people who lost a bet. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And so, because you know, I mean, I am a, I am a very big Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. I've yeah. actually seen every single one of his plays live. Uh, oh, my wow. favorite being Starlight Express. Oh, very nice, very nice. Right. Very Saw that in Las Vegas when I was a kid. It was it was amazing. When your good nights have been said and you are lying in bed with the covers pulled up tight, although you count every sheep, you get the feeling that sleep is gonna stay away tonight. That's when you hear the humming. That's when you hear it coming. Oh, the midnight train here again. Can't explain that midnight train. That midnight train. Start out express. Santa me, yes. Are you real? Yes or no? Starlight Express, you must confess, I don't want you to go. Very nice, excellent. Starlight Express doesn't get enough, uh, doesn't get enough love as compared to like you know, Cats or uh, Phantom of the Opera. But it's like you know, I'm, a, it's my jam. It's my yeah, jam. yeah, it's good. Actually, we we had seen um, Son of the Phantom, which is another one of those plays that uh, gets kind of like sassed a lot oh, it was about the son of the phantom right? what <clears throat> it's, it's titled something differently it's a t- it's title anyway it's son yeah. of the phantom no, but much. yeah uh i actually i i enjoyed it but uh yeah so i i do think that it's it's a little sad that the phantom is still obsessed with christine after that amount of time but yeah uh-huh. but so tell us a little bit about what's going on in matt's world right now well, you know, last month I, uh, you know, did up a wonderful event um, called San Diego Comic Fest, which yes. you might recall. Yes. Which happened to be like the last event that went down before everything uh, everything went down. And, you know, it's – I wanted San Diego Comic Fest to be the convention to end all conventions, but this is ridiculous. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know – it's like people were saying to me, it's Matt, it was such a wonderful time. I had such a great time. Comic Fest was so cool. It's, but you know, when you're the year's best convention by default, it's like, mm. it sucks. I, I wanted to earn it, but you know, we had a wonderful time and you know, I want to start planning for the next one. But mm-hmm. at the same time, when everything's under quarantine and nobody's in a mood for conventions, it's just like, it's, you know, I, it just kind of sucks. It just, yeah. I want people to be in a convention mood. I wanted, you know, I should have been at WonderCon this week and, you know, having to, you know, see all these shows get postponed or canceled. And then, you know, you hear stuff about the comic industry, like, you know, stores are, you know, shutting their doors and, you know, the distributor networks are, you know, stopping or doing other, other ways around. It just, it does, you know, make things, you know, feel iffy. And I guess, you know, we're all in this boat and it's just been an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Well, it's heartbreaking. I mean, like a lot of people wait the whole year for these conventions and, and that's their time when they get to interact with people who really love the, the things they talk about on the internet, but they're talking face to face with these people. And uh, it's, it's so sad to see these conventions shut down. You get to meet so many artists, you get to meet so many people who just care about what you care about. Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm happy that comic fest did go off mm-hmm. when it did without a hitch. I mean, we only had some small hitch, which was just like, you know, right the day before uh, Comic Fest dropped. But uh, our guest of honor, J. Michael Straczynski, who happens to be my 
favorite writer kind of just felt that, you know, for his safety, he just wanted to, you know, cancel his appearance because he has had, understandably, he's had walking pneumonia, he's had repeated bronchitis, he's had lung infections, and he's, you know, in his mid-60s, so he is considered high risk. Mm -hmm. So it's a bummer that he had to, you know, he had to bail, but, you know, understandably for his, uh, you know, for his health. And, you know, some people were, you know, concerned about COVID the thing, but we, you know, we, we bumped elbows. We, yeah. you know, some people would give Spocks or whatnot, you know, you weren't forced to hug or handshake or that sort of thing. You know, fortunately, even my dad came around, you know, he spent 30 years as the medical director of the city of San Diego, reassuring people. It's like, this is not a high foot trap, high foot traffic area. Yeah. There've been no outbreaks or anything. And pretty much like, you know, for the, for the most part, like, you know, we were very lucky because mm-hmm. San Diego did not see its first case of COVID till three days after Comic Fest, and only one person ended up getting sick, uh, my friend Jan, but it turned out it was just regular flu. She said, you know, she was starting to feel a little iffy, and then on the way back, when she got back to her home, she got tested two days later. It's like, oh, it's just, I just came down with regular con crud, not mm-hmm. COVID or anything. So it's like there were no actual sicknesses or anything coming from people that were, that were going down. But, you know, it's just, you know, it was so, it was such a fun event. Of course, I was you know, stressed out the entire time because I'm trying to make things work, go through this, put out the fires left and right and trying to like, you know, solve every problem to make sure that things go off. But people had such a wonderful time, but it's just, you know, I wish they could relish in that joy. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, two or three days later is when the governor's saying, it's like, all right, everyone stay inside. Got to do this. And, you know, the next casualty that came out was Emerald City because Seattle, which had been afflicted, you know, they said, you know, better safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, WonderCon, you know, has, you know, to reschedule. And so now it's just, you know, a bummer that we're all just homebodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to uh, increase the uh, podcasting that I do. So I, I have more opportunities where people can talk because uh, for me, I'm used to solitude. It doesn't bother me, but then I feel like that puts me in a position where I should open myself up to other people so that other people who are hurting and other people who are feeling badly about this have an opportunity to talk and just, you know, express themselves and, you know, get out, get out there and socialize like they, they want to. So. Yeah, it does inevitably become a bummer, but, you know, I try as best I can to hold things together to keep, you know, a positive attitude to, mm-hmm you know, walk outside, get a breath of fresh air when I can, you know, but I, I do bring my mask. I do bring my mask. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, you know, just to make sure, fortunately I have one of those medical grade ones and my beard isn't so like, so big that it uh, obstructs the flow and I can still get a good vacuum seal on. Fortunately, I have a narrow pointy face. Some people with bigger heads than me, they do have that problem. They can't get the mask on, but I think I have a narrow face because I was a premature baby. Oh. You can always tell preemies by narrow face. Fully, adult people have rounder, rounder heads. You, you were a preemie, weren't you? Well, I guess you're immortal, so yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> so you born before time, so premature yeah. in a way. But yeah, yeah. And uh, just like I do, like to tell people if like some people are wearing gas masks, and so if you're worried about uh, you know them fitting right with facial hair. There actually was a soldier during World War One. Mm. who uh, was an officer and actually uh, was instructed to uh, shave off his uh, mustache and said, but it's like, but, you know, the proud symbolism for, for the germ, for, for the German nation is a big mustache. He said, too bad. You're an officer. You got to wear, you got to wear a mask. You got to shave it. He's like, okay, too much. No, doesn't fit. How about now? No. Okay. A little more. And that young man's name was Adolf Hitler. Oh dear. Who shaved off his mustache, and that's that's why Hitler wore that mustache. Yeah. Hitler, Hitler, Hitler shaved off his mustache just enough to fit a gas mask over it. That's wow. a you know fun little World War One story. Wow, <laughs> very interesting. So. Now, of course, I can't share that story on Facebook uh, anymore because, like, you know, they'll I, for worry that they'll they'll uh, hit me with uh, another hate speech thing again. Oh, jeez! Like, I know I saw the first time that that happened, or I thought it was the first time. That you, you yes. said men are... Uh, Scum. Yes. And I, I didn't know if we could repeat that or not. So, see, I think I can say it. I think, like, if I say it, people are like, yeah, girl. But I think if you say it, then people... But when it's... But against, it's against my own demographic and... Like... <laughs> so, 
but yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's odd, but, uh, yeah, another thing is, like, you know, you'll get flagged for hate speech if you, sh if you, uh, hit the, uh, if you show the cover of Captain America number one, hmm. because it has swastikas on it, doesn't uh, matter if it's him punching Hitler, it's still, con you get flagged for hate speech. Yeah, actually. I, I know, I got another friend who actually got flagged for, you know, showing a picture of Osama bin Laden on some kind of historical documentary, and he got suspended for two weeks for promoting terrorism. Oh, wow. I've, I've heard, uh, apparently there's a number, um, 1488, that white supremacists, I think it's that number, I'm not positive, I don't want to look it up, but uh, white supremacists use it to connect with one, each other, one another. So YouTube just now, anything 1418, 1411, they don't want to mess with it, so they just will demonetize and ban your video and uh so it's it's a little nerve-wracking because like what if you don't know anything about that and you're just entering a year you're putting up a historical piece and uh so any anything within that time period you just can't do yeah so and then of course there have been the conspiracy theory wackos that uh, uh, i've been seeing they all like it's like there's just one that was just posting on a thing right now the government just put up 5g and it gave us all coronavirus i'm like didn't you say that bats gave you coronavirus yesterday and then the day before was the Chinese? It's like, these conspiracy theory people will just latch onto anything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is a coronavirus. Yes. It's got little coronas. Corona is the Latin term for crown. Yes. This little crown can twist and pull and go and like do things. So it's highly adaptable. Mm-hmm. It's highly adaptable. You seem to be misunderstanding that billions of years of evolution that, you know, these... Yeah. You know, these little microbes are capable of getting inside your body. And, of course, once they do, they're like, hey, look, mucous membranes. I yeah. can re I can replicate myself through this by, like, you know, giving people snot noses. Oh, even better, I can go to the back of their throat and irritate them and cause coughing and cause it to, you know, spew out 100 miles per hour. I can cause them to sneeze. Guess what? These, these microbes are very adaptable, and they're good mm -hmm. at getting inside, you know, mucous membranes to recreate themselves. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. That's their life cycle. They need to do that. They need to be good yeah. at it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like you, people, you, people misunderstand parasites. It's like you know, not everything was made in a lab and not everything was done by, you know, you know, just bat soup or whatever, but like, or, or, or giving somehow like 5G Wi-Fi radio waves are giving us coronavirus. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I, I used to work for a podcast that uh, did a lot of conspiracy theory stuff. And, and my take on it is there are people looking to find rationality in an irrational world. So they, yeah. they so need therefore it, it has to make sense. Yeah. If, if I'm not successful, there has to be somebody who's holding me back. It's not just bad luck or I didn't have the right opportunities or any. It, it's somebody is oppressing me. Somebody is holding me down. Somebody is intentionally making this happen. And it's not always the case. Uh, yeah, but it seems easier if it was because then there's somebody you could find and target and fix this problem. But uh, yeah, yeah, and or the you know brush fires last year when people yeah. the stupidest conspiracy theory I was seeing there is like notice how the brush fires are all in one uniform place along like you know where the California high rail speed is going. That means because like Lockheed Martin is using their super laser to cause the fires and you know burn up everything to make mm -hmm. it like so that rail goes away and it's like you do realize that these have been naturally occurring fires that happen the same time every single year yeah. like since history that's just how santa anna's worked like you're one of the like you know non-believers mm. okay yeah i'm saying it's like why would you pay for a multi-billion dollar super laser when you can just go down there with a lighter and be like that it's, it doesn't seem like a good investment yeah 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 but you must be shilling for somebody matt you're spreading disinformation. That's what you're doing. So I know disinformation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. My but, life and fake news. Mm-hmm. Lots of fake news, but that—that's what the yeah. I mean, that's America is all about fake news. The American Revolution was essentially started based on fake news. So, but uh, we we had you know, smugglers who wanted to make a profit and uh, didn't want to have to compete with the legal goods that were coming in. So they started lots of smear campaigns and I could go into it and then I'll bore everybody. <laughs> okay, good. So, I'm sorry. Plug in. Stupid oh, sorry. Laptop. Just ah. needed to, uh, my laptop didn't run out of power. Anyway, so 
with all that uh, said and done, it's like I'm mainly spending my days just making Simpsons jokes about everything yes. because Frankie Ack has become my savior. Very nice. And I don't know how I would live without Simpsons quotes because, you know, <laughs> all work and no play make Homer something something. Yes. Uh, very nice. It's, it, it is a good series. It's really kind of touched on everything, hasn't it? It's, yeah, uh, because I can just make a Simpsons reference for anything. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, I, I, I kind of wonder where the age cutoff is, because at some point Simpsons, I guess, stopped being hip. And, like, uh, is there an age cutoff where, like, certain references on The Simpsons won't carry over? Like, like they retconned uh, how Homer and Marge got married. They're, they're well, guess what? They uh, they retcon everything. The thing is, yeah. The Simpsons the perfect storytelling uh, world because you oh, can absolutely. tell any kind of story and you can tell any story over again that can errata any kind of story and it still works. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that The Simpsons makes fun of this to the nth degree saying it's like, oh, well, you look just like Snowball too, so I'm just going to call you Snowball and nobody's going to, uh, you know... And then Principal Skinner walks by. Lisa, don't you think that's a uh, you know a cop out and insulting to the uh, to the world? And it's like, well, I could say the same of you, Principal Tamzarian. <laughs> right. Yes, Armin Tamzarian. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, uh, but of course, like you know, whatever. It's the, the world resets itself when the when the uh, when the day is done. True. True. Very nice. So, very exciting. But all right. So I notice you have your MC Chris shirt on. That's very nice. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. My MC Chris with my uh, Lexa Bitchenheimer pimp, uh, like vintage 2001 shirt, which yeah. I bought the online store for the back in the day, and I realized I bought a large, and I was a skinny kid, so I could never wear it. Now it's like mm -hmm. uh, I I'm a bigger guy now, so I can wear it. Just and like, and I yeah I filled out because I got thick. And <laughs> now people are like, oh my god, it's like you have a like a Mandalorian shirt. That's not the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian doesn't have the little thing up here. Boba Fett does. It's like, yeah. you know, it's, and Boba Fett is a real Mandalorian. He kind of just wears the, uh, it's like, you know, but it's just, right, know, right. just going into more nerd, more nerd cred stuff. Yes. Yes. The nerd area. But yeah, no, I, I have fond memories of MC Chris and uh, the, the Adult Swim during that era. I haven't, haven't really been keeping up with Adult Swim recently. Which is, yeah, neither have I. It's yeah. like, but I'm just, I'm an OG Adult Swim kind mm -hmm. of guy. It's like, you know, just C Lab, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Brack Show, Tom Goes the Mayor. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, so, I mean, it's like the only, only Adult Swim stuff I really kept up with is just the uh, Tim and Eric stuff. And uh, now just Tim and Eric have their new show, Beef House, which I've been very, uh, you know, very entertained by. And I'm happy to see my good pal, Ron Oster still uh, oh, nice. has a role on the show. And so I'm just happy to see Ron uh, come so far from his humble origins on those uh, Tim and Eric episodes back in the day. And so yeah. it's like, yeah, that's uh, yeah, I really, I, we actually went to uh, the first Tim and Eric awesome con, which was held behind Comic-Con. Yep. At the time. I was even there the year before at oh. Comic-Con in ah. 2006 when I won first place in the uh, in the trivia contest, and Tim and Eric actually had to stop calling on me because <laughs> I had answered like thirty questions in a row right, and was crowned the world's biggest Tom goes the mayor fan. And then, but Tomicon was a whole lot of fun too. It's like I dressed as a bee boy and I just like had a blast out there, and they you know made sandwiches for everyone. That was so cool. That was really cool. Yeah, the bologna sandwiches. But yep. uh, yeah, it, it was. I I, I went with uh, Margot, who is actually uh, uh, on the show every now and then right scratch mm -hmm. yeah and uh so that was pretty cool but um it was uh yeah and I'm, I'm really into bedtime stories that's uh i haven't caught in beef house yet i uh it's hard i actually have i haven't seen bedtime stories oh, like yeah? there's it's just like there's select tim and eric works it's like i'm such a huge fan but there's still tim and eric stuff that i haven't done mm -hmm. i haven't seen Check it out with Steve Brule. I haven't seen oh, yeah. um, on cinema, and I haven't seen their Jash stuff. It's like I'm happy to see that they have such a diverse offering mm -hmm. of stuff, but I haven't seen it at all yet. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, in fact, the animation that I do at the beginning of the You Mind—I don't know if you've ever watched it on YouTube—was pretty much inspired by the whole Tom goes to the mayor animatics, where it's just like the really rough, like, yeah. So, and that's uh, all, all the animations that I do on the show, like I'm kind of hearkening back to that. That was my, 
big inspiration in that. Yeah, Tim and Eric did a live show uh, about two months ago, and I bought the worst seats in the house last wow. second with buddy Charlie. And then as Tim and Eric are coming out, they see us in the last row, and they're like, what are you guys doing in the last row? And they bring us up, and they sit us front row center Aww. for the show, which was like really – that was really cool of Tim to do that. And during the stage, it's like you – because know, if you've ever been to a Tim and Eric live show, you know that if you are sitting splash zone – you are getting messed up. Mm. And so I was sitting front row center. And then of course, Tim brings me up on stage for this cooking segment where he straps this bowl to my <laughs> head and then pours like garlic salt and like spaghetti sauce on me and like shakes me all around and like pours like, like mustard all of me from the Pittsman's mustard guy who pulls out his fake mustard wiener and like, you know, peas all over me with mustard. And it's just an, another unforgettable night. And I, you know, I'm happy to say that's not the only time I've been pulled up on stage for a Tim and Eric uh, show. I was at uh, in summer 2007 at the Troubadour. They pulled me up on stage and I got, you know, chewed up hot dogs thrown at me by Casey and his brother. And it was just a wonderful night. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So Very cool. See, see, that's what's so great about cons is if, if they come back, then... Uh... Yeah, that you get to have experiences like that. And and Tim and Eric are two people who are just very like they, they want to meet the people who love them and care about their work. And they're they're very easy to approach. And yeah, it's, it's and they're very nice. And they're really cool. And so like you know, at the show, like they hung up with the fans afterwards. And then John C. Riley made a cameo appearance. Oh, wow. and so he was there hanging out with the fans, too. It's like just, you know, seeing him, you know restore back in his role as dr steve brule he's it's just always just so mm -hmm. such a great time to say oh yeah yeah it's it's fantastic so goodness now when cons do come back uh if they do what do you think are going to be changes that uh, were, are going to be implemented after this whole affair you know, the whole thing is, um, the question on everybody's mind is, mm -hmm. is San Diego Comic Con going to go around? Right. And I'm hoping, 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 because, you know, San Diego Comic Con is my bread and butter. It's my life force. It's the, it's the end-all, be-all event for cons. It's the event that inspires me and everyone else. And so it is that center, you know, centerpiece for the, uh, for the convention world. And not only just for, you know, comic conventions and the industry as whole, but it's like, you know, such a big economic boost for the city of San Diego. People want to come out for this. People want to have fun and they want to have this great time. And, you know, and, you know, it's just like I don't want to see that deprived for anyone. It's just because like when this was all starting off, like, you know, the first thing that you know went down is like I was looking forward, like, you know, the week after Comic Fest, they were doing some events at the Comic-Con Museum. And they're like, oh, we have to you know push these back due to, you know. You know, population concerns, because this is the point where, like, they were advising no more than 50 people to events. And then, of course, it got taken down to 10. And then it got just like, no, no, and now you just got to stay inside. And so when events that are reliant on attendance, you know, can't go off, it just sucks. And it's just like, you know, I'm just hoping that by the end of the month, the curb flattens down. Mm -hmm. It changes, I do think, I think, you know, hopefully people come at this a little more hygienic. Yeah. Washing their hands, keeping, you know, themselves clean, you know, fighting the con crud, um, you know, being respectful of cooties and whatnot. So it's just like I, you know, think if anything, it could get make the world a cleaner place. You know, I trust me, I'm doing the whole thing of like, you know, my dry cracked hands these days. And so just yeah. try, I try to moisturize after every single one. I wasn't a moisturizing person before. It's like, wow, I'm washing my hands so much that they are getting like super scaly. But so I hope that by summer everything can go back to normal that we can get back in our comic stores that we can start seeing big events again and i hope that you know everything bounces back and i'm just trying to be optimistic and hopeful and doing that because i know that a lot of stores out there a lot of businesses they are hurting and i just want to geek out with comics at my friends i just want to yeah. go back to the store and i just want to like enjoy things it's like i'm getting caught up on my reading list it's like no, I should have a huge stack that I could never get ca get caught up on. That's that's my that's my that's my goal. Yeah, and I saw that you also donated comics. Uh, yes. Yes. So, uh, where is that comic station if people want to try and go find it? Uh, that's over on the ninety five hundred block of Mariposa mm -hmm. on 
in in La Mesa. So yeah, it's on uh, yeah Mariposa Street. Uh, my friend Jason Bell just uh, set up this uh, comic donation stand where people can give comics and comics for now. Although may want to wait a little bit because you know some of those little free libraries that are up around town, it's just you know they have some. We're not accepting books right now due to COVID uh, concerns, and so it's like you know when things die down and the cooties uh, go away, it's like it would be a great place to uh, to you know grab some free books or whatnot. And it sucks because like right before COVID went down, I actually did pick up a big set of books that's just sitting in my trunk that I was going to donate to local libraries, but all the libraries are closed now. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'll take the hit of things to, uh, to just avoid the, avoid the concerns for, uh, for, you know, the COVID and like, I'll keep the books in my trunk until things die down and where I can donate them to local libraries because otherwise they would just end up in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, to quote uh, Henry Jones senior, it's like, People should be reading books instead of burning them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <sighs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 changing. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, because again, I am very big on the local libraries. I am very big on getting people reading on literacy, on comic books, and places where you know you can you know create and cultivate talent. So and cultivate imagination. So places like Little Fish Comic Book Studio, where you can learn how to draw and write and all this stuff. They're like your local libraries, especially the Chula Vista Public Library that has such a wonderful uh, comic selection. It actually does have curators that uh, focus toward the comic area of things. That is you know what I really do love to see, and so. I don't want to see any of that go away and it sucks. It's like, but I just see it as we're taking a little hiatus. We'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly hope so. Uh, I know as an artist that I've definitely uh, dropped my prices uh, and stuff like that. I I'm surprised people are still interested in buying art, but I guess uh, people want to be entertained. They want beautiful things to look at. So. And the thing is, can you imagine how screwed we would be right now without the arts, mm-hmm. without comics to read, without books to read, without television without animation without the art world like it's just the whole thing of like you know people saying it's like i don't care about stuff that isn't sports well guess what you're stuck inside now the Mm -hmm. arts are saving you from going crazy yeah pretty much pretty much and uh yeah it's it's one of those things that uh, people just kind of see is like it's always there it's always extraneously present and you just expect it to be there but there's people who are making it and there's people who you know need, need support and uh at least, at least need acknowledgement, <laughs> nothing else. So, but yeah, so, but very cool. Okay. You know, just keep, keep the dream alive and, you know, I'll, when things can get all set in stone, I would be happy to start planning for another San Diego Comic Fest. We haven't even picked a theme yet. It's oh, like, dear. you know, yeah, what are we going to celebrate next year? That's just been the thing on my mind, but it's like, you know, my mind is just going crazy. It's just going one way in it around on the other so but mm. it's a covid world yeah yeah it's true but i don't know but i i'm sure that you'll come up with a theme that will excite and delight all of us so i know i just want to do i want to give a better convention experience every single time so that's just really what i love to do yeah yeah and Cat and wants. i think yeah i think that the what what did you say Cat wants. no we're not that's not a theme <laughs> So, <laughs> it <yeah>. could be. <laughs> it could it could be, but I think you'd get a very select audience that would come through, and uh, you know. But uh, that, that's good. But yeah. So um, okay. Well, thank you, Matt. Where can we find you if we want to geek out with you and enjoy your presence uh, without physically making contact with you? Now, as per tradition, just, you know, find me at Matt Dunford on Facebook, Matt Dunford on Instagram. There'll be a lot of uh, Simpsons jokes and stuff that I'm throwing up right now to try to maintain my sanity, which actually shows my deep level of insanity. But, you know, just, you know, just find me around. I'm easy to get at. All right. Very cool. Well, thank you for talking to us today, Matt. Uh, And it was a pleasure having you, as always. Special thanks to the illustrious Matt Dunford. Yes, Matt Dunford. Everybody knows him and everybody loves him. And you can find him on Instagram at Matt Dunford. Then on Facebook at Matt Dunford. And on Twitter 
at Matt Dunford. Isn't that easy? Why not follow? It would be silly not to. Thank you so much to Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer who we could not do the show without, and Ethan Mexell, composer of the You Mind theme song, The Militarized Zone. Mwah! Love it. Then you can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap if you want to help support the show, or buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap, or lostbreadcomic.com where you can buy my comics and art and any of those will help and you can also follow us you don't have to pay anything you just jump on those links in the description box below and you can just follow along with everything we do i'm gonna try and post more often i've been bad about that lately yeah you know what you should check out is creeping wave radio we are trying to do some recording on that right now for our upcoming season in october I actually just recorded with Matt Dunford the other night. He's going to be playing a character in it. And we've got so many local San Diego bands, so many local San Diego actors and talent. You're just going to love it. It's uh, a scripted audio drama. It's really fun. Takes place in the Lost Bread, You Mind, Creeping Wave universe. It's uh, a lot of laughs. So thank you for watching or listening or whatever your bag is. And you know what? Thank you so much. To our extra special, lovable, cuddly, snuggly, regal patrons, The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and Neil. Because you make this happen, you're the life's blood, you're the pulse, you're the heartbeat, and we love you. Thank you so much, guys. Creeping Wave is brought to you by Lucid Nap Productions in cooperation with the hairy old man. I had to groom him the other night, and I'm not sure I'm willing to talk about it any more than that. Mystery, suspense, action, adventure? What are you in the mood for? We have that. A Glint of Mischief is a weekly podcast where we read the first chapter of an indie published book. So sit back and let us help you find your next favorite book. Stop by glintofmischief.com to see what all we have done. Or check us out on iTunes or Google Play to just dive in and enjoy. Until next time. See you around. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.